what's cooking up in the kitchen? Am I smelling that soul food? Oh yes, it is soul food. The spiritual food for your spiritual nourishment. And you know what? This food will never expire. Never expire? I need this food every day. You are listening to these spiritual-based podcasts. There are many podcasts, but this one here is to satisfy your soul, to feed your spiritual hunger. Are you hungry for God? Don't let your soul be hungry. No matter where you are, whatever you are doing now, at work, home, or on the go, you can still listen here and right now the uh, Soul Food Podcast. Don't let ever your soul to go hungry. It's time for some Soul Food. Not come to church and be a blind, deaf Christian. Blind and deaf. It's when you come here, you pray, you worship, you sing. But when you look at your life, I'm sorry. The way you came, many years ago, you were still in the same situation. Is that fair? Come on now, is that fair? What I have to do? See what they did. Let us go next. So Israel, those people, those nations, was greatly impoverished. Great impoverished. Because of who? Because of the enemies. The Amalekites, Midianites, they were greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel did what? And when they cried out to the Lord... The Lord sent a prophet. The Lord sent an angel. The Lord chose Gideon. The Lord took them out of that situation. But how did they cry? How did they cry? Not a crying baby. It's not a crying baby. How did they cry? God, I cannot take it anymore. I am sick and tired. Look, I plant somebody else reap. I plant the enemies come and destroy everything. They take my animals. Nowadays, they don't take animals. They take your car. They take your house. They take your position. They take your money. Nowadays, Satan enters your house and destroy everything. But this situation has to change. This situation has to change. You are going to plant and you are going to reap. You are going to build and you are going to enjoy it. You are not going to be impoverished. But you are going to be prospered. You are going to have abundance. Thank you for listening here on the Soul Food Podcast with Bishop Joshua. We will be right back with more. Today, we will continue part two of Richard's story. Don't miss it and make sure to share this episode with a friend or family member. That I will have to climb And there will be battles That I will have to fight But victory or defeat 
It's up to me to decide But how can I expect to win If I never try Never said I wouldn't fall Never said that everything would go The way I wanted to go But when my back is against the wall And I feel all hope is gone I just lift my head up to the sky And say help me to be strong I did seven years in the military and I traveled the world. I went to, I lived in Greece. I mean, I was stationed in New Jersey. So I was stationed in New Jersey first. I was going to New York City, Philly, and New Jersey every weekend drinking Atlantic City, um, Philadelphia, if you know if you know where Center City is, New York, um, still partying with all my friends for four years. I left there, went to Greece, um, in Greece, partied some more. But in Greece is when I started like seeking something deeper. Cause this is when I um I, I had, had had an experience on LSD. My, actually, my blood brother, who was now saved, he came to Christ, had offered it to me and, and with, the, with the right heart, like, hey man, this will change you, this will get you. This because like everyone knew me as a reckless person. Like, man, like one day I'm this guy's gonna go to prison. I was always that guy getting away, getting away, getting away. I'm in the military selling drugs. So like in the military, it didn't stop me. I thought it was better now because I had the uniform, I had the connections, so now I could sell drugs and no one would ever think about it. So all my friends in the streets were like, man, this dude's crazy, but they trusted me because they knew who I was. 
because I had street credibility. So now I'm moving pounds of marijuana, pounds of marijuana, like a lot through the mail. And so my brother, you know, loving me so much, you know, he thought maybe if he takes LSD, he'll change because people in new age and, and people in the, that psychedelic realm, they think that's that, that LSD or shrooms will make you a better person. All you're doing is accessing the spirit realm illegally. So I took the LSD and I had a spiritual experience. And that's when I realized how real the spirit realm really was. It scared me. It scared me so bad. Um, I got depressed again. So when I went to Greece, it's when I started really seeking God. I started um, seeking the higher power. I didn't know who he was. That's when I started crying out. Like I had this experience on LSD. I don't know what the purpose of life is. I'm, I'm always seeking something. I've had all these women. I've had, I've had all this money. I've had all this success. What do I do? And um, I started crying out to the higher power. And I was on the island of Crete in Greece, and I'll never forget it. It was like a movie scene. You see the, the moon, the mountains, the, the moon lighting up the mountains, and I'm at the beach, all my friends are in the club getting drunk. And I decided, hey, I'm gonna go to the beach and I'm gonna, I'm gonna call upon whoever the higher power is. And I didn't know the Bible, I didn't know anything. I went out there profusely crying, just screaming, who are you? What's the purpose of life? Who are you? What's the purpose of all this? I need to know when I'm screaming. And I heard a voice say, I'm going to show you now. That same voice I heard in New York when I was suicidal. And again, I freaked out. Like, did I really just hear that? What's going on? And I just stopped and I, you know, I paused and I was just meditating on it. Like, what did I just hear? Am I tripping? And when my friends came out of the club, you know, drunk, I told them and they were like, bro, you're tripping, man. You need a drink. Just get out, get over it. What's wrong with you, bro? And I'm like, maybe I'm tripping, whatever. So I left Greece. And again, when I was in Greece, before I left, I traveled all over. I went to, I went to Barcelona. I went to Paris. I went to Amsterdam. I went to Prague. I would, I was in and out of London on weekends. I would go to London on the weekends because the, the tickets out there were cheap. I went to, you know, Santorini, to Athens. I mean, so many different places in, in Europe. I traveled. I was well traveled. Germany. I went to Berlin. I went to Frankfurt. But, um, all the traveling didn't fulfill me. I thought, you know, growing up that maybe if I traveled and went to these places, it'll fulfill me, but it didn't at all. Like it was, that's what made it worse. That's what made me call out to the higher power. So I left Greece and I went, I went to California. So now I'm scheming even more. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to Cali. I know that Cali's the Mecca for marijuana. I have a bunch of friends who sell weed. Weed isn't as bad as Molly and cocaine, which I've sold in the past. And, um, and I've sold lean, I've sold pills, all that. I was like, this is actually herb and it's good for you. It's medicinal. Maybe if I do this, you know, this will be better because now I'm spiritual. Now I've had my LSD experience. I'm really reading books on philosophy. I'm doing yoga, hot hatha, vinyasa, um, ashtanga, bikram, all types of yoga and doing ohms. Now I'm on this spiritual journey after this LSD trip. And I'm like, Cali's the perfect place. And all my friends told me about a place named Humboldt, Humboldt, California, which is three hours north of the Bay. And that if I, if I went there, I would find the plug. That's where all the growers are at, but it's called Murder Mountain. If you go in there, you don't come back. Most people die out there because there's no cell phone service. It's a bunch of hillbillies out there, Asian mafia, Mexican mafia. This is where all the big drug dealers in the city will hire people to go out there and grow their weed. So I was like, man, but I can go find one. And I got to Cali. And again, just in my reckless faith that I had, I still had the gift of faith back then, but I was using it for the devil. I took my money, thousands of dollars. I took my pistol in my uniform. Drove from San Diego, California to Humboldt. If you guys know how far that is, it's, it's, it's pretty far. I flew to the Bay and I drove to Humboldt, but then I drove back from um, the Bay to San Diego. But in Humboldt, California, when I got there, I just went in faith with my rental car and two totes, big totes in the back. 
and I just went to this grow up. Um, they told me there's a place on Rattlesnake Road, it's called, where there's a bunch of Asians that sell this cheap weed. I mean, crazy margins of profit. I'm talking about like six, 700% margins. Like, I'm not gonna get into details about how much, I don't wanna teach anybody that stuff, I don't glorify it, but I went out there in faith and I just brought my money. I think it was about 30 to 50,000 that I had, I had acquired through, you know, just little, little drug deals just to, to get to that point. I saw the Asians. I saw, I saw the grow operation. I saw how it was fenced off. I saw how they had the pickup trucks going in and out. I saw like there were, there was the Asian mafia and I just stood. I got out the car and I stood in front of my truck and I just started waving my money. So cars were passing by and they're just staring at me like they wanted to kill me. And I was just like, I, I, I'm just going to. It's either going to be a shootout or I'm going to get this weed. And one couple stopped. It was an old couple, Asian couple. And they said, what are you doing? Come here, come here, come here. And I told them, I was like, I need weed. And here's my money. And they were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. All right, come on. And they brought me in. And um, this is not a lie at all. This is the truth. I literally got sat down. They got me a chair. And I seen all these Asians. And they were cutting the weed, trimming the weed, growing it, all that. And they just brought a whole bunch of bags. They dug up from the ground bags. They had buried old weed from last year, which was still really good at the time. And new weed, all this stuff. And I got the craziest prices. I mean, I hit the jackpot. Hmm. So now I'm like, it's over. Like, I'm the plug. I don't have no more middlemen. Like, I'm the, man, I'm the supplier now. And I told all my friends, people that I used to buy from are now buying from me. Now I'm, I'm fronting, no problem. I had, I create a, a whole demonic drug operation apostolic, like apostolically for the devil was built. And now I had, um, I started creating drug, drug holes around the U.S. So I was putting people on that never sold drugs. I was teaching them, my friends, my, even my family, you know, people I love that I'm not, were involved. I'm not going to mention, but because some people that I love that are, are still involved, I was deep in it. And, um, I started making a lot of money. I was making over a hundred grand a month at this point. Um, this is when I started investing deeper in, in cryptocurrency. This is when it got crazy because now I had the traveling, the woman, you know, and, and I had money before, but now it was real money. Now we're talking about money that I've never touched. I bought two properties. I had one rented out. I had a condo on the hill of La, in, La, in La Mesa near SDSU in um, California that I bought. Now I, I got my seller's license so I can go and get cars at the auction to, to launder money. Um, you see, like I was, I was moving smart with it, but um, I was depressed again. I was really down because I'm like, man, all this money now, now the money's not answering it either mm. because I'm making all this money, but now I'm more stressed. Now I'm paranoid thinking about the feds running in because I'm still in the military. I got to get out the military before I get caught. I'm just like freaking out. I'm thinking my friends are against me. And this is where it got real because I moved all my marijuana through the mail, everything. And this is when it got real. A package went missing. And it was a package for about $20,000. At that time, it meant nothing. I mean, that was nothing. I was making so much money. But because of my pride, I just was like, I need to figure this out. And it was around the 4th of July of uh, 2019. And this is when I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. Like, who, who stole my package? And I was so reckless because the girl I was dating at the time, and I had many girls, but the one I liked the most... She was like, just let it go. Let it go. Don't worry about it. It could be the feds. And I was like, no, I've been a hundred percent in the mail. I got this unlocked. I got this whole system. It has to be somebody inside. Cause I knew about the dark web. I knew how the dark web works. I, I've been on the dark web. I've seen things. I've even bought stuff, bought stuff off the dark web. And I know people, they go on the dark web to, to, to infiltrate within. And this is when I, um, started, I, I wanted to find out so bad. I asked the girl I was dating, Hey, you talked to me about voodoo in the past and witchcraft. Can the person you know that does witchcraft, the voodoo priest, help me figure this out? If this is real, like y'all say, because they are, people always say this is so real. I'm like, then, then he'll, he should tell me how much it costs. She was like, you're crazy, but all right, I'll give him a call. And she said, okay, well, um, let me call, let me call my cousin. Her cousin's a voodoo priest in Haiti. 
I was like, all right, call him. And he said on the phone in Creole to her, he has to come to Haiti if he wants any answers. And she thought, that's it. Like, he's not going to go. You know, this guy's not going to go. And in Haiti, they call um, Americans or someone that's not Haitian a blanc, which means like a gringo in Spanish. And I just, I was like, all right, let's go. So we bought the ticket. She thought I was crazy. She tried to get me to back out. I was like, nah, we're going. And bring your parents too. Tell them to come. We went. We went to Haiti. We went to um, flew into Port-au-Prince. It is a third world country. It is ex- very bad, extremely ghetto. I did not think it was like that because I traveled in Europe and I went to some poor places, but that is by far the mo- the poorest place I've ever been. And when I flew into Jacques Mel, we had to. We, I mean, to, to Port-au-Prince. When I flew into Port-au-Prince, we had to drive all the way to Jacques Mel. If you know where that's at, it's about three hours away. Jacques Mel is one of the most known areas for voodoo. I went out there to see the voodoo priest, and um, when I went out there, I paid him the money. He started reading my cards. He started he started doing all these crazy rituals, putting on an outfit, chugging alcohol, smoking a cigar, summoning demons into his body. I didn't know they were demons. They call them ancestral spirits. So I'm watching all this. I'm seeing the tarot cards and he's reading things about my past spot on. I mean, like things that really happened that nobody could have just known. So at that point, it's like, it's like I started believing because of the truth. He was telling me true things that happened. But if you know about witchcraft, the devil knows your past, but he can't know the future. Only God does. Mm. But I didn't know this. So I'm listening like, man, what? Like, I, okay. And I'm, I start asking questions and engaging and he's telling me things. And, you know, the demon's speaking through his body. Like before he, the, before he does anything, he has to drink, smoke and do a ritual and dance. So the demon will possess him and you'll see his face, everything, his facial, uh, facial expressions, everything changes and the spirit will speak to him. And I'm just looking at this guy like, okay, um, what else? And he's telling me things. And I'm like, who stole my package? He's like, I'm going to tell you, but first you got to do this and we got to do this and you need to go get this and all these supplies. And we have to go to another hut. They had these red huts. It was on a property. It was so demonic. I'm talking about human skulls in the hut, animals that they would sacrifice just roaming around like a whole altar. Like I'm talking about like voodoo dolls, like the whole nine disgusting. I'm talking about like gruesome. I'm in, I'm in their real tents, but I'm just watching him do his stuff and he's writing on a piece of paper and they're doing a whole bunch of rituals. He told me when you get back to Florida or to California, when you get back, you're going to find out. And I was like, okay, well, all right, I guess that's it. After seeing all that for about three days of seeing all the voodoo and everything in Haiti. And by the way, Haiti is a beautiful country. The food's amazing. Um, it's not Haiti that's the issue. It's the witchcraft in Haiti. If you guys study the history of Haiti, they, they did a voodoo ritual to get, um, to get their independence. It's actually known in Haiti, um, which is sad. There's a demonic altar set up out, out there. It's crazy. But, um, I left Haiti and I still have, I still was doubtful. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think no one's going to just snitch on themselves. Like, uh, I don't know. And that's when everything began. So my friends started distancing themselves from me. People would say certain things real quick and regret saying it. And I'm like, wait, did my friends rob me? And I'm starting to think everyone that was closest to me, my blood brother, my best friends, I'm talking about people I love were all against me. Again, like ha- what happened in New York that same thing was happening, but this time it's worse because now I have money, now I have power, now I have weapons, now I know people, now, you know what I'm saying? So like now I, I went down this crazy path and I was like, well, I'm going to keep seeking spiritualists. I went to an um, Indian medium in, in San Diego who told me a bunch of true things as well. But what they do in voodoo and witchcraft is they'll tell you true things about your past, spot on, and then lie to you. 
They'll tell you, oh, this person's against you and you need to give me this amount of money in order for it to break. But what you're doing is you're coming in agreement and you're actually putting witchcraft on someone who probably didn't do anything to you. Mm. But I didn't know this. So I'm going to the mediums. I'm going to the psychics. I'm going to more voodoo priests. I'm going to, to witches. I'm, I'm all in. Now I'm just, I don't care about the package. I don't care about the money. Now what I care about is finding out like what's true because I'm like, this stuff is real. Like they're telling me true things. Like, what if this is what I'm called to do myself? Because they're telling me things like, "Hey, and you're you're called to be a warlock. You're called to be a you're called to be a dual inducted warlock. And this is your ancestors. And and, and your great grandmother was a witch. And, and they tell you all these things just to like to get you to believe this because they want the devil wants to use you, right. especially when he sees the gifts on your life and the call on your life. The demons know before even we do. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. Stay tuned tomorrow for more. Make sure to turn on your notifications and share this food with others. Thank you for listening in. That's all the soul food we have to share today. Stay tuned to the next episode on Soul Food and keep your notifications on. Share each episode with your friends and family to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever. Mm-hmm.